The following program contains coarse language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Good evening, America and planet Earth. How are you, baby? We made it through another dumpster fire of a week on this hunk of solar driftwood we call home. Congratulate yourselves, for it's all one. Take those shoes off and let them titties out because your night's about to get that much better because you have just tuned into the hottest live podcast south of the Mississippi, the unofficial podcast of the U.S. women's prison system, Legal in the state of Utah, it's He Said, She Said. I'm your delightfully charming and emotionally unavailable host, Mickey Blowtorch, and joined with me tonight is my sweet and dear friend and co-host. Her milkshake remains unaffected by inflation. It's Aggie Reekin, and we are coming at you live from the Howard Johnson off Route 9. Hello, Aggie. (laughs) My milkshake died a long time ago. (laughs) It curdled. It went sour. (laughs) I, I don't think that's the case, ma'am. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Mickey? <laughs> I am hanging in there. It is Friday night. I am thrilled that I'm not wearing work clothes, and I am on the radio with my friend and co-host, Aggie. I couldn't be doing better. How about you? I could be doing a little better, but I'm good enough for tonight. So, because I'm still, I'm celebrating. I'm in the, I'm getting in the groove of October, and mm. y'all know me. I like October because this is when the, the, you know, weather's cooling down in certain parts of the country. Not all of them, but certain parts, and you know, the seasons are changing. You get the fall colors. There's pumpkin spice everywhere, Everything. and including in your doggy biscuits. And cheese, apparently, as I tweeted out today. And uh, but but most of all, it's Halloween. It and is. I just can't wait. <laughs> we we are already done with the first week of October. It is done. I know. Isn't that weird? It just turned October. It just turned October. First week's gone. Just. Pew. It's it's weird to me because I'm like you. Literally, right before the show started, how can it be October 7th? I'm like, it's not. Oh, my God, it is. I was like, I don't know what happened to this week. <laughs> I don't know. And you know, what scares me the most about it is this. If it keeps going like this, it's going to be Christmas next week. Oh, God, please. No, I, I no, don't do this to me. <laughs> it, it will. <laughs> because in between, it's Thanksgiving and I always do a non-traditional Thanksgiving feast, and I haven't even begun to think what I'm doing. So I might just go all uber traditional and just do fish, squash, corn, beans, and and uh, crab legs or something. Why don't you do like a? Hmm. 
are you guys really well do, do, do you keep like a um i don't know like one foot in tradition and the other foot with your fancy smancy stuff you know do you try to keep like the mashed potatoes going and the green bean casserole and all the staples and do you just kind of mix around the uh the entrees a little bit or do you just go crazy off in left field let's have a luau for thanksgiving this year i i mostly left field it you there's you can always have mashed potatoes you can always have green bean casserole luau. you can I always just, have you know a lot of stuff and a lot you. of people don't know you can have turkey any time of the year you, you don't have to wait for you know late fall and <laughs> you guys December. need to do a luau yeah yeah we can actually i have to land for it now (laughs) cook a pork shoulder in the ground just like a luau i you know what i should i i'm used to the above ground pit because that's how we were raised you know in puerto rico Uh but well you could do that too i've done the luau thing i've done the pit thing too so you could do a themed thanksgiving you could do pilgrims and like Hawaiian people, maybe. I don't know. Is <laughs> Hawaiian that... pilgrims? <laughs> that would be so cool. Like That'd a fusion epic. thing. What, like, you, you, it could be like a alternate, uh, alternate reality type thing. Like, what if the pilgrims had landed on Hawaii instead of Plymouth Rock? Ooh. A reimagining, yeah. if you will, of the first Well, you know, the Vikings were here first. We should do a Viking, a traditional Viking meal one year. That would be epic. That would be epic. I mean, uh, our, our resident Viking um, uh, dude in chat, Jeff, sent me a link to Tasting History, one of the episodes, and it was about the Black Banquet. And I was like, I am never going to fix that dish. It was absolutely disgusting. But the history behind it was so cool. And uh, uh, so I, that's one of the things I like to watch is Tasting History. And every, every so often they have a really, the guy has, because he delves into the complete and total history before he presents the dish that he's making, which, by the way, he finds the re- these recipes have been around for, you know, eons. So, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, it, it was a black dish, and I'm it, no, just no. There's a, there's a line when it comes to coloring a dish. I I will not do black. <laughs> it's just no. But just, it had jelly in it, like jellyfish. Jellied <laughs> fish. Yeah. So and he was not thrilled with the wig. <laughs> mm. But, you know, I mean, our our taste buds have refined in the past 2,000 years, obviously. Well, yeah. But now we're, like, mixing flavors and textures and, you know, the sweet and the sour, the sweet and the salty, I, the, you know, the, the crunchy with the soft, the, you know, spicy with the sweet you know all that kind of stuff and so you know what do you, what do you suppose the the main go-to spices were in your normal household in like the 1700s um well salt like, was used yeah obviously. obviously i think it would just be salt right i think salt and pepper maybe or was pepper kind of a fancy thing pepper came late here it, it it was considered an Eastern spice, um, but you know, uh, rosemary was common. Thyme was common. I want to say marjoram too, but 
but there were you know a lot of herbs that they were used for for spicing stuff probably a lot but of I, I think stuff. the biggest one was rosemary rosemary's i love mm-hmm. rosemary and sage sage is good too and um i so the funny story i my garden this year has just been absolute shit i don't know what i did wrong probably plant late i don't know if this, there's something wrong with the soil i really don't know um last year didn't it did weird stuff too you know that's kind of the weird thing about that gardening is never are you going to have a like identical seasons there's something new and different and challenging every season that you have rather it's some kind of a pest or disease that you have to combat or uh just the weather and so uh the last couple cycles that i had that nothing really did well i I grew some corn over the summer it got to about four and a half feet high and then it matured at that height and corn's supposed to get quite a bit higher than that and my corn cobs were very slender (laughs) they were long yet slender like hot dog sized (laughs) and there was probably only three of them the whole uh summer that i was able to pick that got meaty enough to to grill and they they ended up being absolutely delicious there's something to be said about going from um garden to table Mm -hmm. you know the tomatoes you can't compare to the stuff that you grow in your own home to the stuff that you buy in the store there's so much flavor that's lost in the mass production of these these farms and vegetables so the uh the corn was just absolutely delicious and magnificent and that's all i really got out of it um so I, I started a, a late garden. I wanted to do some pumpkins and some corn. I tried corn again, but the corn's like about a foot high. It's not doing anything. But my pumpkins are, are kind of, they're late, obviously, um, but they're taking over the whole garden. Very evasive. Kind of neat. Yes. So, they are. I, I want to try butternut squash and pumpkins and zucchini next year. But uh, the the point that I wanted to get to with this long, drawn-out story was, um, A, I wanted to demonstrate how much of a challenge I've had trying to get shit to grow. My uh, my, my father's girlfriend gave me a couple of hibiscuses. You know the ones that they braid together and make a, a little tree out of? Uh-huh. I, I love those. They look fantastic. So she gave me uh, two of them that she got sick of taking care of. One of them died on me. So I've just had all of these these challenges over the last, um, I guess, this whole, last two years probably trying to grow shit out in the garden so anyway long story short lolo just goes and pulls some basil out of her mom's yard brings it home and throws it into a pot like haphazardly like totally not giving a shit about what she was doing and now her basil is thriving (laughs) she she spent all of 30 seconds putting it in the pot i don't even think she watered it she just walked away and there it was, and now it, it's just thriving in the little blue pot she put it in outside. That's so cool. I have I have one little basil in a in a pot. I need to transplant it, and I want to transplant. It. I want to I want to put all of the herbs along by where the fire pit is because that that area has really nothing. They never did anything with that. It's just a little strip, so it'd be perfect for you know a time. A, uh, a mint, a rosemary, uh-huh. you know, just all along the way, just different wines. 
yeah, pick, pickable herbs that you just want to go out there and, <laughs> and harvest for uh, per meal. But yeah, basil, I use basil a lot. Basil and rosemary, I think, might go to. So that's why I always keep those plants around. Mint, mint I do, but mostly for mojitos. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so how, how is your fall weather there? It, El Paso is very, it's, it's not cold, but it's kind of cool and chilly out. There's a real chilly breeze, and it's been raining all day. So it's very dark and gloomy, thun- like isolated thunderstorms, but oh, pretty wow. much a constant drizzle. So very wonderful October day. I've been enjoying it tremendously. It has been, it has been pretty cool. We have not gotten any rain, but we're supposed to get rain next week. But um, the weather has finally broken. It's finally cooled off. I mean, I go outside with a dog. I have to wear, you know, a jacket. Otherwise, <laughs> things will go plink, plink on the ground. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, you know, and she has absolutely no problem staying. Her, her happy ass can be out there in the snow and she'd be happy. So, um, yeah, every morning I actually have to put on a, a jacket or one of my thick robes or something to go out there because it is cool enough. It's like 45 degrees. And then, you know, by noon, it's 89 uh-huh. <laughs> so, but there's always a nice breeze going on and everything and i've i've managed to knock out a lot of stuff outside thankfully because it has cooled off my next project is uh reorganizing the garage again i've 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 not been good about keeping it organized <laughs> i need to get out to my garage and get it all cleaned up too it's been a little ridiculous you know, you, you, that's just something you let go, and it, before you know it, it's out of hand, and you got to get out there and just make yourself clean it up, especially during I, the winter months. Yeah, yeah, and, and I need to get it done before winter comes, because I'm, I'm in northern Texas now, and winter does come here, unlike where I was at, where it was just two or three days, and winter likes to stick around in northeast Texas, so... Um, uh, I'm, I'm literally like an hour from the Oklahoma border. I did not know I was that. Cl- I've been here a year and a half, and I didn't know I was that close to Oklahoma. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm about an hour, hour and a half from the Oklahoma border. <laughs> I bet you're close to some casinos. Oh, I'm not a gambler, but my mom is. She's like, she's all about that. She's like, well, if I go stay with your sister, she's near Shreveport. I can go to the casinos there and then I come stay with you. We can go up to Oklahoma and I can go to the casinos there. And I'm like, I am not your fucking chauffeur. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I can't say that to my mom. So, yeah, I'm taking her, of course, (laughs) eventually when she gets here. (laughs) That is hilarious. I always end up holding Lolo's purse while she burns her money at, at slots or roulette <laughs> and then she always well, looks up at me being bored i you know i just i i don't get it and a lot of people are like oh well that's because you know you're catholic and you have you know but i said no no it has nothing to do with my religion i just i literally just do not understand gambling i know i don't get it i it it, there's there's a blank space it. in my head. Well, there's lots of blank spaces, but particularly for blank for gambling. So, I just like I I I, I remember being at the El San Juan Casino and Resort 
in Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh, I've been there many times. <laughs> and I had nickels. I had two nickels, okay? So I went to the nickel slots, and I put one in there, and I didn't hit it. So I put the last one. I hit $9 in nickels. I was done. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I walked out with a bucket full of nickels. Aggie, I won $80 of nickels there. <laughs> and I got my parking validated, and I had this big, gigantic tub of nickels. And and you were done. I was done. You were done, see? It's like, okay, I finished. And then I, I had to wait around the rest of the night for my friends to play blackjack. I, I never got it. It's always been so I, boring, I guess, to me. I don't I don't really like seeing the money go. I you know, and, and, and they it have, doesn't come in know, enough for me to be interested in it, you know? There's those small yeah. wins and small tastes and to entice you but it's not enough for me to where i'm like oh well, that's great you know let me let this ride it's never been like that um i do like poker however but to me it doesn't really feel like gambling as is you're paying for an evening of entertainment because you know if, if you go buy into like a hundred dollar poker game you know that's a hundred dollars for your night of entertainment yeah yeah, yeah. You know, the, the poker game will last you know hours and hours and hours and and to me, that's just the whole entertainment. Oh, so I man. Really I, 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 as, uh, I'll be gambling. honest. I can walk around the entire floor of a casino watching people, and that's entertainment to me. I don't know what they're doing, but just watching their excitement and and when they cry and when they get mad and when they just get frustrated and then when they're smiling again and everything, it is extremely entertaining to me. <laughs> Ordy just said in chat that he had to file as a professional gambler one year. You're gonna have Ordy, to tell us that Ordy story. is a renaissance man. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> he really is. He is a man <laughs> for all seasons. <laughs> uh, righty. Yeah. I it's yeah, I'm not I'm I'm just not. Yeah, well, how how do we keep straying from? I don't know. I don't know. We're talking about gambling. Boo. <laughs> I guess because I was I was telling you how close I am to, to the Oklahoma, Oklahoma border. border. <laughs> there we go. Look at that rabbit yeah. hole, folks. But as I was saying before, we just strayed into gambling. Yeah, I have to organize my um uh my garage because no because uh, you know we keep tools there and and we store stuff in there and everything back to the garage. But, yeah in, in the garage the cars are never in the garage i mean i i i've never kept a car in the garage so what's the car home ah uh, no not really did you ever see I, that movie were the millers yes do you, do you remember <laughs> that one of that that exotic dancer who, whose nickname was boner garage it has nothing to do with what we're talking about except for the word garage. Garage. It just made me think about that. That was hilarious. Yes, Boner it was garage. a very funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an unexpected surprise for me because um, my sister recommended it. And I was like, 
Honey, your taste in movies and my taste in movies are completely opposite. I mean, total 180. So I knew if she was recommending it, I was not going to like it. But I ended up liking it. I thought it was funny. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> that was one of my favorite comedy movies probably the last 10 years. Very well done. You know, Jennifer Aniston's hilarious. She really is. <laughs> I like how she can be funny and not take herself too seriously. That's a good quality. And... Uh, and funny people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. All righty. Okay. So, so, how are you enjoying October? Well, I've been incredibly busy at work, so I really haven't had a whole lot of... <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> I had a dentist appointment today, and I didn't have any cavities. Yay! I'm very happy about that. That's, it, so that's always a win. Stressing. That is always a win. I had the last dentist appointment I had six months prior, I had nine cavities and I'd never had a cavity in my entire life. And all what? of a sudden I had nine cavities. Nine. Yeah. Oh my word. And, and that was a very unpleasant experience. My, my very first cavity at 40, 41 years old. And, uh, I did not like you. <laughs> so I, I was amped up on anxiety today on my trip into the dentist, praying to God that I didn't have any more cavities to have to go through that uh, fun rigmarole again. So yay me! Yeah, that's you know I I, I always get I start getting anxious whenever I go to the dentist, and then when I walk in, I this overwhelming feeling of calm comes over me because I realize it's nitrous oxide. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that's what it is, but no, I, I start thinking, you know, they have a really tough job to do. It's not their fault. This is all on me. Whatever happens, whatever they find, it's my fault, not there. So that kind of, you know, relaxes me a little bit because of it. And, uh, normally, and you know, one of the best things I ever did was get a, uh, the water pick. Um, my uh, my dental cleanings went from I it, they used to take like a, a little over an hour mm -hmm. down to like twenty five minutes. Wow! It was amazing. They they said, "Wow, you really flossy." And I was like, "Damn, damn I, that water pick! It was the best thing I ever bought." <laughs> well, that sounds delightful because I'm not a real big fan of the whole cleaning thing. Yeah, I find I, the I, entire experience to be very uncomfortable. And yeah, the, not my fun. sister swears by her Sonic Sonic Care, you know, toothbrush, and she swears by it so much that she has spares in the upstairs bathrooms in case she's up there and has the need to brush her teeth while she's upstairs. Can you believe that shit? I'm like, okay, you're a little that, obsessed with your teeth now. It's incredible. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, tonight on He Said, She Said, we are going over oral hygiene. If you tune in later after the break, we'll return with some uh, crocheting tips. <laughs> <laughs> Wee! I am not that much fun after I quit drinking. <laughs> You're a lot of fun. I'm still fun. It's not that much fun. Mm. Well... Now that you're not drinking, I bet there's this whole new clarity. 
you know on everything. What I like the most is the fact that I'm up at like 5 a.m. every day. <clears throat> I, not really a clarity, I don't think, because I'm still smoking a shitload of weed. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I really like getting up at five in the morning and having a cup of coffee and maybe getting a couple hours of video games in before I head to the office. It's kind of like my favorite time of the day where it's just like my little two hours of window there where I'm just enjoying the morning. It's very peaceful. I get to go outside and smell that, you know, that desert morning smell. Yes. Oh, isn't that the best smell? I, you know, when my parents lived there, I was up before everybody else. Everyone else, in fact, the, the sun was not even up yet either. It was still dark out. And my dad and my mom and I would be the only ones awake. I would grab our coffees. Dad would go to his little spot to do his reading. Mom would go to um, her little spot to do her rosary. And I would go outside. And it was the most glorious, I mean, yeah, there is a certain scent to the desert that's just so clean and yeah, awesome. There's just a slight amount of moisture that hangs in the air in the early mm -hmm. morning before the that fucking sun comes and just nukes everything all to hell. It's, you know, the only <laughs> pleasant hour or two, in my opinion, in the desert in the summertime. Yeah, it, it, it's true. Yeah, it, it, by nine o'clock, I was done with outside because it was already hot. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it just, and it, my parents didn't understand because they never actually took the time to do that. They always thought I was like kind of kooky that way. And, um, she's a little bit different. Yeah, I, I was. I was a different child. <laughs> um, I was, I was the brunette sheep. <laughs> the brunette but anyway. Sheep. <laughs> but one day, you know, I told them, I was like, y'all should just, outside there is it you're you're hearing some of the birds you're hearing some of the little crickets still but the it's just cool it you feel that you know and yeah from then on while we whenever i went up there we would have our coffee sitting outside at the you know the patio table yeah i like to do that morning walk around the estate as i like to call it <laughs> my small quarter acre I like to call it estate but I, i'll walk around the yard and, uh, you know, I just like to see what's new, what what's going on with my cypresses. They're starting to get big. I planted 13 Italian cypresses along my perimeter line with uh, uh, a couple of years ago. I, I guess it's been about four years or so. Uh, they were only about 12 inches tall. Now they're all about seven, seven and eight feet. So that's pretty cool. Really excited. Oh, and I got a peach tree. Why am I I'm talking like an old man? That's all, all I have to talk about is old man shit. We gotta we gotta spice this up. What's what's going on? <laughs> hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, walking around your estate. Walking, <laughs> walking the grounds and looking at my fauna and flora, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I were to take a walk around mine, it would take me quite a bit. So oh, I'm so envious. Oh. Yeah. Do you need to come and visit I so know. you can like walk? You'd probably to. get lost though. I need to get my uh, <laughs> my Jeep out of the shop though. It's been in the I, shop it's since still there? July. Oh my god. You have got to be kidding me. I'm beside myself. I've tried I've been to two dealerships trying to get this resolved 
I've got a special customer service case open on it, and then some kind of special engineering case. Uh, basically, it doesn't want to start, right? It just mm-hmm. cranks and cranks and cranks and cranks, and the engine won't catch. So it progressively got worse, and um, so I took it in, of course, because it was still under warranty. It's a brand-new fucking Jeep. Uh, 2019, it's not brand, brand new, but new enough, right? I shouldn't be having these kind of problems. That um, is, do you think this qualifies for the lemon law? Well, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, I've been trying to get this fixed and they could have had this fixed within a week. I guarantee they could have fixed this within the first week if they just would have owned it. But, (laughs) um, basically what is happening is the engineers are corresponding through email to the technicians at the dealership, the engineers from Chrysler, right? Mm-hmm. Telling them to, well, try this. We'll bypass this fuse. We'll do this. We'll uh, uh, change out the fuse box. Just these little preliminary steps, right? Um, and it's taking about a week for each one of these things to happen. The engineers will say, do this, and then the technicians won't get around to it for like four days. And then the technicians will finally, you know, complete the engineer's requests, email them back, and then it'll be like a, another two to three day turnaround before the engineers respond again. And we've just oh, been going word. around and around and around. I don't, I don't even know what's going on anymore. But anyway, I, I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and file for the lemon law because yeah, it, it I would. qualifies for it. And I really didn't want to go that route, but. After all of this, I, I am so, uh, I'm done with it. I just want to. Yeah, one of my friends actually bought a Honda Del Sol. Remember when they came out? Mm-hmm. And um, she loved it. She got that really bright green color, sparkly green, and a black top. And um, she lived in Houston, and it rains in Houston. So one day she was going to work and it was raining and everything. And she noticed that there was water coming in from the, um, the convertible top. So she took it in. They said they fixed it, came back out, happened again. She takes it back in, explains the problem again, tells them that she has already been in. They need to really, you know, either replace the convertible top completely or fix it to where it no longer leaks. They did this four times. She finally said, you know what? I'm done here. And she filed under the Lemon Law. They upgraded her to top of the line on the Accord with all the bells and whistles for the same price that she had paid for the Del Sol. Yeah. I mean, because she was just, she was beyond livid. I mean. I I can't tell you how furious I am. It, it, this ruined our, our vacation that we wanted to take this year. We were going to go camping up in northern Arizona for a week. You know, I I needed the Jeep for that. I couldn't. I can't go camping in a fucking Toyota Corolla. Um, I'm right now. I'm out like fifteen hundred bucks worth of rental cars out of pocket. I've yet to be reimbursed for any of that. Um, oh my word! Yeah, it's been one nightmare after the other. I've been driving around Lolo's car. Bless her heart. She's been a a real trooper, and she's driving her her older car. And, you know, we're we're getting by, but it, it's amazing how much of a lack of effort that I've seen to get it fixed. 
it, it's it's been the most frustrating thing I've gone through as a consumer to date. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just start filing under the lemon law because this this should not be happening. No, not not since July. Not it's October already. You know, I three weeks would have been my limit to get something like that done and fixed in today's uh, labor force that we currently have. You know, we, we are going through a labor crisis and everybody's understaffed everywhere. But this is this is true. You, know, you still have to you still have to put your product out. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've been more than uh, patient and generous with the amount of time that it's taken and still going unresolved. So definitely I'm going to do the lemon law. I got my fingers crossed that I will walk out smelling like roses. I'm just hoping because I've been looking at new cars and there's nothing out there that I like. Everything looks so disgusting and and absolutely emasculated. There's not um, an SUV yeah. on the market that looks like it's worth a shit at all. Yeah, I remember going to see the um, the new rollout of the BM, BMW Z4. This was a few years ago. And we went to go see it. And I'm looking at this car and I'm going, what have you done to it? What happened? And the guy comes over and is like, oh, are you interested? I said, no, first of all, I believe this is like a rolling coffin. But <laughs> my, my question to you is, what happened? You had a very sleek style and now you have this. He says, oh, well, you know, we decided to upgrade. We did this. We did that. We made it lighter. I'm like, lighter? Oh, my God. I, no, then definitely no. I want a heavy car because I don't want to... <laughs> You know, I want to stay on the road. Yeah. But um, I finally looked at him. I was like, let me guess. A woman designed this, didn't they? And he looked at like I had slapped him <laughs> in the face and said, well, yeah, actually, this is the first. Um, com- this is the first collaboration by women, you know, that BMW has had. And I was like, yeah, I can tell. Because the, and, blink- and the blinker was, like, was on. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it was, they, they were like, yeah, I understand that there are some cars that look good rounded. Okay, yes. The, I, I get the Carmen Ghia comes to mind. Um, the Carmen Ghia you know, was the, fantastic. Yeah, and, and several models of the Porsche, you know, that kind of thing. This did not, the curves were all in the wrong place. This was not as aerodynamic as you wanted it to be it was just and i was going through it looking at him and he asked me if i was an engineer i said no i'm a woman <laughs> and, but I, I can tell you where all of this why all of this is a woman job because no guy would ever have done any of this and uh and and he was just like well, can I show you the 735 series <laughs> you know, i was like no i'm not shopping today i just wanted to look at it Oh my god! <laughs> He's like, that's ten but, minutes of my life I'm never getting back. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I I couldn't believe it, and and you see that, and and they're they're looking all alike. A lot of yes. the cars have the same look. They're all losing their identity as as cars. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty years ago, you could look on the street and and immediately identify an Oldsmobile, immediately identify, uh, you know, uh, a Toyota. Um, a Mercedes, a BMW, all of those cars were very distinct. You know, um, you you would see the the difference in in the way a Cadillac looked versus a, uh, a Ford Taurus, even. You know, 
now it they're they're just all so similar. It's it's very white and noisy, and nothing stands out. Um, you know that's that's one of the reasons I've always liked Jeep and the Wranglers in particular, not any of the other bullshit. But I've always loved the Wranglers because the Wrangler makes a statement. It stands out. You know, it still does mm-hmm. that. Uh, whether it's a, a a pavement princess or you know you're fucking out there on the trails and doing it, uh, Jeeps always make a statement. I think. Yeah, that's what you go rock crawling yeah, with those. Exactly. You know, and that's what I like. I want I want to be able to a make a statement and look good in my vehicle. That's important to me. Uh, you know, I, I I do have vanity, and it is what it is. I I at least I own it. You know, I want something I'm going to look good in. I was driving around a uh, a fucking Buick a couple months ago when I was uh, it was like one of my second rental cars or third whatever I was on, and um. Lolo said that she saw me driving the Buick and told me I needed to get the Jeep back because I looked like some dorky ass white guy. (laughs) (laughs) I love her. Well, there you go. It's exactly the way I feel driving this fucking Buick. Yeah, I, I believe me. I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. And Buicks don't even look like Buicks anymore. No, it wasn't like an old school Buick, which would be cool. It was uh, some uh, one of their their smaller SUVs, and it was like a little tiny, like a large well, it, smart it, car. It, it's not an it SUV. It used to be that you know you could tell cars apart, even even as as, as short a time as ten years ago. I still have uh, my Pathfinder is ten years old. I refuse to upgrade to the new Pathfinder because the new Pathfinder looks like a minivan. Well, I was I was at the grocery store. Uh, last week and there was one of the new pathfinders there parked next to one of the new honda uh, um uh pilots they looked the same and i was like oh i cannot believe that they've done this and so i i i'm just trying to figure out why they're doing this who are they i mean it's almost like they want all the cars to kind of look the same so that Look at everything in our lives right now. It's it everything is becoming just so radically different that it's the same. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, with everything that, that the social justice warriors push. Not to get into politics, we're definitely not going down that rabbit hole. But you know, just the way that society is is pushing so much. Of, 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 you know, having your, your own identity, but at, at the same time, they're taking it all away. And I, I, I'm, I've, I've been working on kind of like this thought, basically, uh, for the last year or two, and I'm just having a really hard time kind of articulating it, of how I think that the end goal is actually like just this androgynous, imageless being that, you know, it, basically we're going to be like the Metropolis or 1984, Mm-hmm. You kind of understand yeah. what I'm saying there? Yep, like, I, it, that's exactly what I was So getting. with all of these vehicles like, hey, eco-friendly this, blah, 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 that. They're all starting to slowly look the same. And, it, it, of course, fads start and, and everything kind of goes together, you know, in the wave of fashion and how that all rides. So everything's going to be a little bit similar. But it's so, so similar to the point I, that it's never been before. You know, I think that's very evident when you're walking down the street and looking at everything. Everything's just so mass produced. 
and cookie cutter and it, it's just blending together in this this nasty gray ooze sad sad but true <laughs> sad a, but true that was a hell of a rant <laughs> well you needed to get it off your chest because let's face oh. it that has been the most ridiculous thing i have heard oh it, it, and, it has and it's just frustrating trying to get anybody to own anything involved with mm -hmm. it you know and, and I, I i've been seeing a lot of customer service go downhill everywhere really and it, it's really starting to to kind of turned me into a bit of a toxic person i feel you know it, it i don't want to be frustrated as a customer anymore we already pay enough money for all this shit it just to have zero customer service and and get kind of any kind of resolve in a timely manner when it comes to anything anymore is is become next to impossible if not a rarity and it, i i just find it absolutely depressing and disheartening it's sad. It is. It really is. Okay. Stupid customer service. <laughs> anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Um, that feels good. I feel like a... Oh, no, I don't feel any better. I'm still pissed off. <laughs> you're still pissed off. <laughs> but now everybody knows but you're now pissed everybody off. Everybody knows why? I'm pissed off and I'm validated, damn it. And that's you're what validated I mean. and we're with you. So we're all pissed off for you. Hell yeah. Power in numbers. That's and right. We're going to go ahead and jump in a break here. We're about halfway through our 90-minute uh, show on this Friday night. So, uh, yeah, I really didn't even prepare anything for break. So have some commercials. <laughs> we love you. We'll be back here on KellerInRadio.com. KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Spring will be here soon, so if buying a new home is on your to-do list, right now is the time to call Quicken Loans. Learn about which mortgage options make sense for you and get a jump on your competition. With our exclusive rate shield approval, the low rate you lock today is protected for up to 90 days while you shop for your new home. With a rate shield approval, if rates go up, your low rate stays locked. But if rates go down, you get that new, even lower rate. Either way, you win. Talk to us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com to take advantage. Here's another great reason to work with us. For a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive rate shield approval, call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to this Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glaze Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new signature wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a sesame ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap, and she takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat basement, average six-inch sub. I'm Little Teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle, and here is my spout. No, no, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. 
take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to He Said, She Said with your host, Aggie Regan and Mickey Blowtorch on KLRNradio.com. And we are back from break. If you're just tuning in, you have tuned in to the hottest live podcast south of Mississippi. He said, she said, I am your host, Mickey Blowtorch. With me is my co-host and partner in crime, Aggie Regan. We are joining you live from the KLRN studios in Outer space, I guess. Fucking the inter- interwebs. <laughs> In the hinterlands of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So we're gonna. I guess we prepared a little bit of a list. We haven't. This will be our first list since our original, um, or my departure seven months ago, when um, I had to go on hiatus for work. So uh, this will be our first one for my return. I'm excited. I really, uh, I got to be honest with you, I'm shooting from the hip on it, but I'm pretty sure I can keep up. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, because I keep, I keep bringing up, oh, what about this one? Oh, what about, what about that, that one? one? So I have to like really, really concentrate <laughs> on the top five. <laughs> you, you know, what's funny is how little effort we put into our show. <laughs> and then I, I look at guys like, you know, we talked about all of the KLRN uh, shows last week. With Ordy and Jeff and all of them, and how much homework and effort they put in uh, for theirs, and, and you and I are like the slackers. Yeah, we are. We, we never study for our. <laughs> We're show. the clowns in the back of the class. <laughs> we, we never start on time. We always we always show up ill prepared. Classic. I don't. Us. I don't feel tardy. <laughs> I don't feel tardy either. So we do have that going for us, which is nice. Indeed. <laughs> I don't. So we're gonna do a list of. I believe we're doing um, must-watch Halloween movies. A Halloween movie that you have to watch every single year. Um, yeah, does that sound about right? Yeah, Halloween or horror, I yeah, think it was. But the, yeah, that whole category of whatever you consider. Because you have a, you can have cute Halloween or yeah, happy, Halloween, happy Halloween as opposed to really horrific Halloween yeah. as like Halloween. <laughs> shit, shit your pants Halloween. Yes. Excellent. Why don't you start us off, Aggie? I'm excited to hear your first Halloween movie. Okay, so should I start with number five and all the way to yeah, one? Or whatever order. You can... Okay, so I, as you guys know, I'm 
kind of I, I do the classics and, and and stuff like that. I tend to stay away from slasher horror because I'm like, ah, chick, if you're wearing matching underwear, you're the first one to go. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a rep, repetitive to me. <laughs> but uh, for me, one movie that I have to watch sometime in October, sometime in October has to be Ghost Story, which uh, came out, I believe, in 1981 or so. And it was a little uh, graphic for the time that it came out. It wasn't a slasher movie, but it starred like four of four Hollywood legends. Okay. So um, you had um, Fred Astaire um, and he was, I think the main character, I, I would call him the main character. And, um, I mean, it, yeah, it came out in 81. Um, and it was, uh, Melvin Douglas was in it, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Uh -huh. and, and John Houseman. And they were uh, four gentlemen that had basically grown up together, very close friends. And every year uh, at Halloween time, they got together at, you know, to like a guy's get together one weekend uh, to tell ghost stories. But what a lot of people didn't know was that there was a reason why they would get together. Um, and it had to do with the fact that they were responsible for the death of a young woman, a young woman that they had all fallen for, you know, but, you know, they understood that she was only interested in one of them. And, he, she, and he and, and that woman got into um, a heated discussion and he shoved her so hard that she hit her head. So he felt that his life was going to come to an end right then and there, you know. So they decided to get rid of the body. Only she was not dead. And as they're rolling her in the car into the lake, she wakes up and she turns to look at them. And the main character, the Fred Astaire um, uh, character, uh, well, the young, the guy that plays the young Fred Astaire character tried to save her, but they held him back and said, no, she's going to, ha she has to die now because she will tell everybody what we just did. Oh. So, you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was really strange. The way the movie starts is one of them uh, actually um, commit suicide. So the son has to figure out, um, uh, well, the, the twin commits suicide and the living son comes to his dad and says, I don't believe he committed suicide. There's something going on. He was talking about a woman he was very much in love with, and then something went seriously south. Right. So, you know, it turns out that this woman, her ghost is haunting these men and is going to exact her revenge upon, you know, on each of them. Um, it, 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 it was a really well done film. And for the time, like I said, it was a little graphic. Now you would look at it going, that's nothing. Uh, but it's very unexpected. And 
the the twists of the plot and everything. And to see established Hollywood legends like Fred Astaire and John Houseman and Douglas Fairbanks Jr. in these roles, you know, it kind of just like, you know, I was just like mesmerized because, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico, the the movies that they showed on, you know, the UHF, you know, which was what we would get in the boonies, were the old Douglas Fairbanks Jr. movies and, and Melvin Douglas and Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. I grew up with their movies, right? So to see them in this type of movie, it was, it, you know, it just blew me away. So every every October, I have to watch Ghost Story. It's it's one of my favorites. I'm going to have to take a look at that one. I've made a little note here. <laughs> Before I uh, segue over to mine, I wanted to bring up a little uh, fact that Ordy had mentioned in the room that I thought was kind of cool, but I totally got sidetracked with one of our rabbit holes. Um, he pointed out, and, and Ordy's doing the 31 Days of Oingo Boingo. Yes, he is. I've seen him doing that, which has been fantastic. <laughs> So uh, his his fact that he posted is Johnny, a.k.a. Vato Hernandez, the drummer for Oingo Boingo, is also the drummer for Tito and Tarantula. And that, uh, for those of you who don't know who aren't familiar with them, great band. Uh, they were also the band that was featured in the movie From Dusk Till Dawn. Yes. The vampire movie with <laughs> Selma Hayek and George Clooney and all those. Um, yes, They, they were the band, them. awesome party band, really. Um, thank you for sharing that, Ordy. That's I had no idea, and that's kind of that's kind of a cool uh, cool connection, really. Going from Oingo Boingo into Tito and Triantula, that's that's quite the uh, the diverse stretch there. Awesome bands, by the way. And Oingo Boingo is definitely one of my favorite bands to feature during the Halloween um, uh, season. Mm-hmm. You know, with some of their their hits, just so perfect for the uh, you know the Halloween party vibe. But moving back to our our movies, and you know, the, the, I've got a handful of movies that I love to watch every year. Uh, I'm not saying that they're going to be good movies. I'm not saying they're going to be bad movies. They're just movies that I I like to watch every single year for uh, this season, and you know, it's kind of like comfort food for the soul. And one of those is uh, a movie called Fright Night, which I'm sure you've heard of. Oh, an yes. 80s, uh, <laughs> It's on my list. 80s classic. <laughs> oh, of course it is. I knew we were going to have a bunch of matching ones. Um, it's, what is it? I guess it's 1984 or 5. I should have looked it up. I think it's about 85, yeah. And it's got um, some vampire legends in there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was 85. Yeah, it's got a uh, shit. It's got Chris uh, Sarandon. He's he, mm-hmm. you know, he was in and out of a bunch of different '80s movies. Very familiar character actor. I'm sure you'd recognize him if you don't know who it is. Um, Amanda yeah. Burse, Bierce or Burse? I, I can never. I thought it was Bierce. I think it's Bierce. Yeah, uh, prominently known as a Marcy from Married and Chil- Mar- Married with Children, is also in it. And she plays the uh, love interest of the main character, Charlie Brewster. Uh, basically, uh, Charlie's got a vampire that moves in next door to him, and he uh, sees this guy carrying bodies in and out of the house, et cetera, et cetera, and becomes very paranoid. It's kind of like um, a rear window scenario, uh, almost. Uh, but the the guy next door happens to be a real vampire. And so um, 
Charlie enlists the help of his friends trying to, uh, and the help of a famous vampire slayer by the name of Peter Vincent, who's played by Roddy McDowell, who's also a, kind of a, a, a legend in the whole vampire movie community in itself. He's been in several uh, vampire features uh, in the past. But uh, so basically the whole story is, is the vampire lives next door, tries to kill the kid, the kid kills him, blah, 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 blah. You know, just just watch it. It's really not that complicated of a plot. It's got some beautiful 1980s titties in it, which is one of my favorite things about horror movies. Uh, at least they used to be, you know, is, is a, a 12-year-old kid picking out a movie. And, and, you know, if you grabbed a scary movie, chances were good that you were going to see some tits. And I kind of miss that about horror movies. I think we've kind of drifted away from the uh, the sexploitation uh, period mm-hmm. of cinema. Which I, I guess is a good thing too, uh, but you know at the same time the, the nostalgic part of me wants to go back and and have all of those uh, teen slasher movies like we used to. Um, you know I'm I'm not a really big fan of uh, actual Halloween movie itself. I I don't like slasher movies. It's not my thing, but I have to watch it at least once a year just to see P.J. Schultz's tits. <laughs> You know, it's just a little ritual of mine. Got to, got to see him. Got to see. You got to get your fix. Yeah, once a year, it's like Christmas. You can see PJ's boobies, and and I'll move on to the next year. Well, fun it, fact: one of one of the uh, vampires' um, victims in uh, Fright Night, uh, one of Chris Sarandon's victims, uh-huh. was actually a Playboy bunny. Oh, really? She was a Playboy centerfold, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, did I don't, know I don't that. recall her name, but I remember when the movie came out that that was one of the, one of the. Uh, uh, perks of going to see this movie. <laughs> there, there was always some titties in the eighties movies. There, there always was. Always, you know, Lethal Weapon. You get to see the titties. There's always yeah, the, the, the titty shot. You know, Bob, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. There's titties. They always managed to work in the titties somehow, some way, at an R-rated movie in the eighties and the early nineties. I think we need to get back to those roots. <laughs> yes, I agree. Roots of of highbrow. Because I'll be honest, I'm not a slasher flake person, but if you bring back the titties, I might be convinced. It, I mean, because at least it'd be it. like, oh, look at her, you know. Blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, they're definitely getting killed. Those things yeah, are magnificent. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, Fright uh, Night is kind of my little ode. And throwback to the uh, the 1980s horror movie. And, you know, it's got great music in it. Great 80s music in that movie. It, it sets mm-hmm. a, a great mood. It, it's really not that campy. I think it's I think it still holds very well today. Um, if you've never seen it and you're a big 80s movie aficionado, go check it out, Fright Night, from 1985. And uh, oddly enough, just a little side note, they remade it in 2011. They rebooted this with uh, Colin Farrell as the vampire. Yeah, uh, Anton Yelchin, uh, rest in peace, as uh, oh, Charlie I know. Brewster. Oh, so sad. Me too. You know, he was such a great up and coming actor. I loved all of his stuff, and what a, I, a short. I was I was so career. heartbroken because not only was he so good in the Star Trek reboots, right? No, he was so great as Chekhov. But he was starting a new series based on um, a series of books by uh, Dean Koontz, um, uh-huh. Odd Thomas. Yeah, Odd Thomas. That was and uh, he was he had that. just done the first one, and it was going to be a whole series, and and now they can't do it. I didn't realize that was a series, but that would have been great because I enjoyed. Yeah, the first no, one. I have all the books, and I love them. I it, I got suckered into Odd Thomas, and it's 
it's just it's the it's it's a good mixture of the whole the mystery the fantasy the un I, just everything so he, he certainly um, was a talented young man he really was Okay, moving on. All right. <laughs> what is your next Halloween and or horror movie? It's funny because um, Ordi mentioned it in chat. Devil. I, I, you know, I was very surprised. Movie? Huh? The one with the elevator? The elevator one, yes. Wow. That's, everybody says the one with the elevator. That's the one, the elevator one. And everyone is just like, um, when that movie came out, it was like a total sleeper. Not a lot of people saw it or anything like that. And it, the cast was really a lot of unknowns, um, with a couple of maybe a couple of exce- exceptions. But um, the concept behind it is just so cool. You know, it, it, I hadn't seen anything like that before, which made it really fresh and original. Was that a Guillermo del Toro? I think so. I think yeah, so. Sounds about um, right. Yeah, but what I loved about it was how the devil was there the whole time, okay? And he, it, I don't know, was looking for that one soul he could come to collect basically. And the concept of redemption, everybody has a different concept of redemption, but it usually um, ends up, you know, feeling the pain and the anguish of the agreed party and owning up to what you had done uh, without um, expecting uh, to be forgiven. So um, when he ended up doing that and the old lady leans over and is like, you know, I really wanted you. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. But it's just the, the whole thing, the way it was done, it was really, really cool. And, and it's it's not really what I would call a slasher flick, even though there's some blood, you know, in it and everything. And, you know, yeah, people die and whatnot. But... It, it, but the whole concept was completely different. And so I I always gravitate to watching that, usually the day before Halloween. Because I, I reserve the day of Halloween for another movie. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a definitely a, a different sort of a movie. You know, if you've never watched any Guillermo del Toro stuff, he... He's he's a bit different on his approach to Boy. cinematography, and he does very well. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess moving along to the uh, the next one on my list, my number two. Not none of these are any really particular order, but uh, I have to watch it every year, and if I see it on tv i'll i'll usually watch it at two or three in the morning because that's when you'll find it playing randomly and that is american werewolf in london oh i think i still have the original theater poster for that movie believe it or not yes because 
I had the biggest crush on one of them, and I begged and pleaded with the theater manager to have that poster. That is fantastic. Now, keep in mind, I didn't get to watch that movie because I wasn't 18 yet. But that poster, I wanted that poster with every fiber of my being. And uh, luckily, I was a tutor and was tutoring his daughter, so... So I managed to snag that poster. And I think it was like, it wasn't until like four years after the movie came out that I was able to watch it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I had the poster because, oh my God, I was crushing my guy. I love that movie. And, you know, it, it's, it's about two friends kind of backpacking through Europe and, and England and, and whatnot. And one of them gets bitten by a werewolf, of course, and transforms into a werewolf and, and, Roll credits. There you go. There's the movie. Uh, great, great movie. Uh, you know, you really can't beat the classics much. Uh, they really, I think that whole saying, and, and we've touched upon this on a lot of episodes, of where uh, we're just in a kind of a period of time where, where movies are so saturated with uh, CGI and, and whatnot to where... You know, if you're watching a movie with some more simplistic mechanical special effects, it, all of the hard work and, and craft and artwork that they put into actually physically creating those props and, and doing that, that uh, special effects photography, I think uh, less is more in this case. You know, uh, you get to see the, the craftsmanship that they put into it, and I, I think it still stands and holds true today. You know, I, I think Rick, was Rick Baker involved in that movie? I think he was. I I would not be surprised if he was. I can't recall. I mean, it he was just... might not be, but... I know that it took John Landis a long time to actually get this film produced because, I mean, he had written it, like, years before, if I recall correctly, but nobody, you know, it was too funny to be horror and too horrific to be comedy, so they just couldn't do it. So after John Landis was kind of established, you know, he had done blues brothers, um, animal house, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh Then they said, okay, we'll, we'll test it out. We'll see what you do with it. You know, that kind of thing. And to this day, it stands as possibly one of the greatest, uh, horror movies ever done. So it's, uh, it's really cool. He, and a lot of people don't, attach it to John Landis for some weird reason. And I'm like, you've seen Thriller, right? <laughs> you know, it, it, it really, it's detached from him, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird how you just don't automatically associate that movie with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do like Prince of Darkness too, but that's not my favorite. My, ne- my next one is, my favorite of John Carpenter's and I have to watch it every October. So and, your, your next one's your favorite. That's going to be our third, right? Uh, yeah, this is number three. Right. Um, actually I do enjoy watching John Carpenter has actually made enough films that you can watch one throughout October. <laughs> I think you can start with October 1st and go all the way through the 31st and still not see the stop same thing th- twice. Stop at Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. <laughs> but out of all of the films that he's done, the one that has quite possibly been the scariest for me 
was his adaptation of the thing. I mm. literally have to turn every single light in the house on. Even if the even if the damn thing is on at two o'clock in the afternoon, I will turn on every single light and I will actually <laughs> take melatonin so I can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You I'm so telling you, silly. it's just, but I don't know what it is about that film that is, well, besides, you know, the hotness that is Kurt Russell, it's just something about the way that film was done that the, the horror of it is just mesmerizing to me. And I always come back to watching the thing. And I, 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 I have to watch it sometime in October because even though it's not a Halloween movie, but it is a horror movie. And it's the kind of horror that you at the time did not expect, which was otherworldly, you know, yeah. that's what they were hinting at. So, and, and I think that the isolation of the yes. location itself really helped facilitate that horror. Yeah. And, you know, and to this day, you know, John Carpenter will actually pull your leg about the ending of that film, but I, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. Did you, and I, I, uh, did you just, see the prequel that came out about a year ago? Oh, the one with Mary Elizabeth, uh, um, Mary Elizabeth Onstead. Well, I, I, have, think her name I have no idea. Lolo and I watched it and, and enjoyed it, and we liked it enough to. Uh, I rented the uh, the original so that she could see it after we watched the prequel, so she got to see both of them. In the order from the the prequel to the original, ah, okay. And she really enjoyed that. It, it, it's just a yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I 2011. I thought it was a little bit older than that, because this was about the first group of, of folks, the uh, the Europeans. Yeah, yeah. Because that that's that that's the part you know. It's like when you start watching the movie, they say, "Oh, the Norwegians found us." Or whoever it was, yeah, and they're gone, and you're like, what, 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 what? <laughs> like, I, what happened? You don't explain. So. Yesterday or the day before, I saw a meme with the gang from Scooby Doo standing out front of that Arctic station, and there was a dog walking towards him, and Freddie says, "Hey, look, there's a dog coming to us, gang. Let's go see if he's friendly." Yeah, and it, you know it's funny because none of John Carpenter's films have a happy ending. I think that's one of the attractions for me. Um, they 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 don't, and you know, you can witness Prince of Darkness, Vampires, which was actually a fun movie for me, but still, fun movie. not a happy not a happy ending. Well, he, he was definitely a, a master craftsman of the horror movies. He really I is. He definitely he really deserves is. those props. Great pick, Aggie. Great pick. <laughs> okay, so what's your third one? My third one, um, probably one of my favorites. I really can't pick a favorite favorite, but this movie just always sets the mood. It's always so perfectly creepy. Uh, everything from... Uh, uh, I, I really don't even have to explain it. It's The Exorcist. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite uh, Halloween movies, um, you know, with Linda Blair is the uh, the young girl in the movie that is possessed. 
It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a very famous story uh, written from uh, the, the novel, actually, uh, by who is that? William Benchley, Peter Benchley? Uh, Peter Benchley. I think so. I don't know. What is eventually somebody? So, um, yeah, I, I, it, it's just one of my favorite movies. It's, it's so scary and creepy, and the the musical soundtrack sets the tone perfectly for it. And you know, it's just one of those movies that's that's almost even a taboo to watch in a lot of cultures too, just out of superstition purposes. Uh, it, it, you know, it's just it's downright scary. It, it's perfect. Yeah, for, actually, uh, in, in my family, it's kind of required. And this is going to happen to you if you don't obey your mother. Seriously. <laughs> Actually, I've only seen it one time. I was scared shitless, and I never, I never went back to, to it. And the reason was my mother. And at the time, no, I was, I was still early teens. Okay, what year did The Exorcist come out? Seventy-six. Was that early? Let me look. Uh, something like that. I, I don't remember. But all I know is that I was still not allowed to go see R-rated films. 73. So Okay. So, yeah. So, when we got HBO, uh, when HBO went to a longer status to where they were showing movies starting at 8 o'clock in the morning until midnight, um, they were going to premiere uh, that movie. And I was like, oh, hell, this! I really don't want to watch it because it's a scary movie. So I didn't think anything about it. But mom has a horrible habit. If you're even near the den, like you're, in, she hears you in the kitchen and she sits down to watch a movie, come watch this with me. And you don't, I can't say no. And so she trapped me into watching The Exorcist. She trapped me into watching Amityville Horror. She trapped me into watching... Prince of Darkness, which is, you know, not too bad, but still. (laughs) So I was traumatized. Amityville Horror was scary. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Well, I don't want to watch it alone either. I'm like, well, don't watch it at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a scary movie. I, yeah, I, I, I'll never watch it again. I can, I can promise you that. (laughs) I'm actually leaning, believe it or not, I would watch Top Gun before I ever watch Exorcist again. I always forget about the Top Gun thing. And <laughs> re- reopen those wounds. I'm I'm actually leaning towards towards watching the damn stuff, okay? Just just so that people don't make fun of me anymore. <laughs> we got a little bit of time left. Man, there's they're starting to come to me now, all of these movies. <laughs> that I didn't even think of to begin with. Okay. Uh, all right, Let's I see. Got, so that was what, three? That was three. So I guess my number two is actually A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, we didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I got to have some fun during Halloween. And you mentioned Halloween Town. That's one of my all-time favorites. I love that movie. That's a cute movie. I... I and you know why I wanted to watch it? Not just because Debbie Reynolds was in it, but because the little girl that was in it, Kimberly J. Brown, she got her start in Guiding Light. And that was one of the soap operas that my mom liked to watch. So I remember her being in it. So this was when she was transitioning into a teenager. 
And so I got to, you know, I, I watched it, but the, 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 the whole story is so cute about an entire town that, you know, that is Halloween. Yeah. So my, uh, uh, my grandma went to high school or not high school or, or grade school. I can't remember with Debbie Reynolds. Really? Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. Were I loved her. If you, if you guys have never seen her movie with Albert Brooks mother, you need to soundtrack by dancing. it's such a great film all right okay so what's your number two all right my number two is hocus pocus Ah. it (laughs) it, you know you really can't beat it it's so cute it's so 90s it's so everything that's fun about halloween in a movie it it really i I love it i watch it several times a year Hocus Pocus is to Halloween for me what Christmas Vacation is to Christmas. I'll, I'll watch it several times throughout the uh, the month. It, it's just a fun <laughs> little movie, I think. And, you know, of course, it came out in the 90s, and that's my stomping ground. So I guess I'm a little 90s biased. Well, it was it was an unbelievable – it was a gamble by Disney. I can tell you that because I remember when it was coming out, the talk around Disney was like, yeah, we don't know if this is going to do very well, you know, because even though the the um, actresses, you know, getting Betty, okay, what's her name? Bet Midler yeah. was like a big thing because she, she at the time she was not doing any family oriented fare. Um, the closest she came to was Ruthless People, and that was not really family oriented. Do, do you remember a movie called Outrageous Fortune? Yeah, her and Shelley Long. For, what happened to Jen. that movie? You never see it on television. No, I don't. Watch, I don't it's going to be on TV now. Mark my words, Ordy. We're going to see Outrageous Fortune land on TV in the next two weeks. Guarantee it. But that thing just disappeared. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind. Of, she was oh, past her movie circuit, I think. Yeah, she she was, but she was very established, very well known, and could still get you know uh, an, an audience. And then you had Kathy Nae Jimmy, who was starting to get noticed because of uh, films like A Sister Act and um, her work on um, Veronica's Closet, you know, that kind of thing. And the voice of Peggy Hill, correct? And Peggy Hill. Yeah. And then you had Sarah Jessica Parker, who was trying to get her career back on track. She, uh, a lot of... I don't know if anybody remembers, she did a show called Square Pegs um, for TV. And then after that, she did some small roles in, in some movies. Then she did let's, L.A. Story. Let's not forget Flight of the Navigator. Flight of the Navigator. She was the waitress in it. Um, but, you know, she wasn't really well known. Unless you remembered Square Pegs, unless you had seen Flight of the Navigator, you didn't know who she was, really. And so this was a, a gamble by Disney, and it paid off big time. I mean, what, I don't know how many years later, 30 years later, we're yeah, still watching it, this movie? Well, yeah, well, it went from being popular, and it did okay. And then, you know, every freaking 90s kid and Gen Xer always turned shit into cult classics, you know, because we are addicted to that nostalgia from our youth. So we'll, we'll bring all that shit back. You know, we, we still celebrate the Goonies. Look at all the movies that are still celebrated by Gen X. 
really. Goodies. Yeah. Oh, so I got I got the t-shirt. It's a cool classic <laughs> now, and uh, probably the the most attractive Sarah Jessica Parker's ever been in a movie. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> My most favorite movie of Sarah Jessica Parker's. And, and truth be told, she was one of my very, very first crushes. In fact, we should do a show on crushes, like uh, early f- early film crushes or TV show crushes. Celebrity cl- yeah. crushes, yeah. From, from <laughs> when we were younger. But she was my very first crush, one of my very first from uh, when I saw her on Flight of the Navigator. I thought she was so cute and hot. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that lucky kid. Like, I'd, I'd be hanging out at that facility. I wouldn't want to escape. <laughs> Oh, so cool. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So she she was a smoke show in Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. And that's my, I'll give it to her. my number two. <laughs> what do you got there for number one? Okay, for number one, it was hard, but I started remembering what I like watching on Halloween. And I actually love to watch The Corpse Bride. For me, it's one of the sweetest spooky movies ever made and of course it was made by tim burton so you know there's that element of darkness uh woven through it but it's still really really cool and i love the fact that uh i i i I don't know if anybody knows this but he loves to use johnny depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Well, he was with Helena Bonham Carter for a very long time, but even before they got together, she was his muse. And even after they split up, she's still his muse and will be in almost every picture that he makes. And so uh, when they were making this one, she played the corpse bride. And she's extremely funny in it. And I keep forgetting that she's a very talented comedian as well as a talented um dramatic actress so um i I love some of the lines that she says in in this whole thing i mean there there's that time when she finds out that the guy that put the ring on her finger keep in mind she's dead okay um played by johnny depp he's telling her that he's in love with victoria that he was going to be marrying her you know i mean and he's like I just think, I mean, you're the other woman. How is she supposed to feel? And she's like, no, you're married to me. She's the other woman. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, my God, to me, that is one of the funniest parts of the entire movie. Because it's true. He did marry her. He put the ring on her finger. and But, you know, there's a lot of history as to why she was dead and who killed her and all that stuff. And it is, there is some macabre scenes in it. And it is, you know, the the dead never mess with the living and all that stuff. And, but when they do, it's very funny and it's very cute. So I, I, that's, that's my go-to every Halloween. That is a cute movie. (laughs) I've only seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing through. You, You should see the whole thing because there are so many adult jokes running throughout the whole thing. And of course they made it into a musical, you know, but it's still really, really cute and and you know like tim burton nothing can end happily ever after somebody always has to hurt or whatever yeah. and of course the this one too but just the whole concept of it is really cute oh my god you just made me think of edward scissorhands that was yes one of my, one exactly of my mom's most favorite <laughs> movies 
<laughs> oh, okay. So, um, well, that's a good one. That, that's your number one go-to Halloween movie. I have to watch that every Halloween day. Every October 31st, I must watch that movie. The one that I like to watch, and, and it's always late at night. It'll be after eating candy, getting back home, you know, getting into bed, and, and it's 11.30, is the original House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. That's one of my most favorite, probably my, my favorite go-to on actual Halloween. Uh, it, it's such a perfectly creepy old movie. You know, nobody did horror like Vincent Price did. No. He, he, he was such a true master of the macabre, and his delivery was just, you know, so perfect for it. And um, basically, um, this all of these people are invited to this mansion uh, under mysterious pretenses, and they kind of have to figure out what's going on. And uh, uh, Vincent Price is their host, and it you know there's there's scary things throughout the whole thing, and there's kind of like a, a subplot twisted up in it uh, between him and his wife. Uh, you really really just need to sit down and watch it. it. You know, all of these movies aren't complicated; they're very simplistic movies, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the the element of surprise that they were able to to convey with that the old style film and cinematography still still holds up too and i you know i don't know i really can't put into words how much i always enjoy watching it every year it it just it translates very beautifully every halloween night that you watch it i think uh you know the end <laughs> everything the, the special effects it's just one of those great movies i think the dog is agreeing with the you the dog is agreeing with me that's one of the favorite ones. it's a fun, smart dog it sounds like uh lolo just got home but uh, that's good timing because uh, that really puts us towards the end of the show tonight. Yep. Um, that, was a, that was a good show. Had some it was fun. Yeah, you I, got I, your I, rant I, out. I we're now mad and deep for you. We're, go- we're all going to write letters and call and harass people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess we'll play ourselves out. I- I love doing the list. Those are one of my favorite things to do on the show. They're fun. They are. Um, I want to thank everybody who tuned in this evening. Uh, I see a lot of a lot of our regulars in the chat room tonight. Hey, guys. Happy to have you. I see uh, one of my old friends, Buck, in there. How you doing, dude? Thank you for stopping in and listening. Uh, thanks for all of those uh, you guys that support us every single show that we have without fail. You know, you, you really mean the world to us and it's why we do this we have so much fun doing it for you out there aggie sweetheart where can we find you out there in the interwebs radio land well you can find me at aggie beacon and at aggie the barkeep over on twitter i'm also over on getter uh you can find me 8 45 p.m eastern tuesday nights doing the cocktail lounge with my wonderful co-host brad slager you can find me here Friday nights, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, doing He Said, She Said with the return of the lovable Mickey Blowtorch. <laughs> and on the last Wednesday of every month, I get to host with the wonderful gentleman, uh, Rowdy Rick, uh, G, and Ordy, Toxic Masculinity, where I serve up the drink for the babe of the month. And how about you? 
You can find me every Friday night here live on KellerInRadio.com, hosting He Said, She Said with my wonderful co-host, Aggie Rican. You can also find me on the only piece of social media that I set foot on, and that's uh, Twitter, at Mickey Blowtorch. Give me a follow. I'm a pretty funny guy sometimes. Not really. I quit drinking. I'm not funny anymore. Oh, no, you're still hilarious. Trust me. (laughs) Um, Looking at our schedule tonight, it looks like Juxtaposition might be doing a repeat, I'm guessing. Uh, That's at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And then tomorrow, uh, October 8th, We've got uh, Juxtaposition going live at 11 p.m. Eastern, and then uh, the 9th. Looks like we got The Lost Wanderer and uh, Sunday Night with Alan Ray, so please tune into those guys. They put on a great show, and they put in a lot of hard work, and they're pretty much awesome. So uh, that being said, thank all of you again. We love you. And until we meet again, be kind. It doesn't cost you anything. Don't take anybody's word for it unless you check with me first. And keep your tits dry, America. We love you, baby. Good night.